All right, if we're going to get done in time for lunch, we better get going here. I got about, for those in the room, I gave this a brand new lecture. I gave it another church last Wednesday. It took me an hour and 17 minutes to get through it. We have 35 minutes. So before I came here this morning, I did some significant editing, to say the least, because I knew we'd have about a half an hour, 40 minutes, and we're down to 35. So anyway, come on in, folks. Make sure you grab a handout. There's a full 8.5 by 11 sheet in the back. Are you still talking? <laughs> Gail, Gail, Gail. Every church has a Gail. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Love you, Gail. Listen, I just told the whole church that. Wow. <laughs> okay, Gail, we're done. <laughs> uh, good to see you. Is it okay to laugh in church? I think so, right? I mean, if you can't be happy in church, where are you going to be happy? Home, I guess. <laughs> All right, if you're coming in, we're going to start right now. So let's open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for Union Grove Baptist Church. Pray now that you'd uh, excite us about what we're going to be looking at, Lord, as we just went through a, a rather robust presentation on something that should affect every single person in this room. Now, Lord, we're looking at something that is affecting many, many people across this country, across the world, people that are confused, people that are looking for answers. I pray that we would not be myopic or single-minded in the way we look at this, but we would really look at the evidence, see what's really going on, and then that we might have a proper answer, a biblical answer, when it comes to this important issue of climate change. So, Father, bless our time together. We look forward to our, our afternoon as well together. We pray that you'd revive the saved, save the lost, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, current events and Bible prophecy. As I stated, we're going to look at climate change. For those that just came in, I gave this presentation for the first time at another church last Wednesday, and uh, they they're give you a lot of time, so it took me an hour and 17 minutes to get through the presentation. This morning I have 33 minutes, so before I came this morning I edited out a good portion of the material, so I'm going to give you the strongest, best material uh, that we have on this issue of climate change. I'll skip all that. So, we're looking at the acceleration of climate change. And many Christians today are looking at this from a very myopic meaning, very close up. They don't see all the things that are going on. You're going to see as we go through this presentation, first of all, how many know of the group Answers in Genesis? Ken Ham. Oh, all right, good group. All right, so you all know him and the group. Good, good folks. We're going to go through two different sides of the story. We're going to bring out several things from Answers in Genesis today because they've done an excellent job on the issues of climate change. The one thing you're going to find as we go through this is it's tremendously controversial. All right, so if you look at this slide, and these are, I mean, this is a real deal, folks. How many of you have been to Alaska and seen the receding uh, snow or glaciers? All right, a few of you. What you're looking at on the picture, and we're going to go into it more in depth a little bit later, but 
One of the big things that is getting people's attention is the shrinkage in the massive glaciers. Glaciers, if you're not familiar with it, it's like solid ice. It doesn't go away if, it, if the temperatures are right. If you look on the uh, uh, middle of the screen, you'll see a glacier as it existed in 1913. And in 2012, that's what's left of it. Same shot, just a little different type of angle. Tremendous reduction in side. If you look off to the left, you'll see a uh, dinosaur bones, if you will. You'll see oil pumps and uh, a big issue about fossil fuel. All right, so we're going to talk about all these things. We're going to look at, again, the two opposing sides. It's a very heated debate. People are very, very emotionally involved in climate change. Many of our young people, many of our college people, many adults and senior citizens are scared to death about this issue. They don't take it lightly. When I was a young person, getting to be a few years ago, the big issue when I was, uh, what are you saying there, buddy? <laughs> a few a f- uh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, yeah, you can talk to me. It's okay. Anyway, uh, what what people are looking at? They're seeing these issues that are being pushed by governmental agencies, some uh, other, uh, uh, if you will, advocate advocacy groups, and people are really upset about this stuff. I mean, they are scared to death. They are worried. And some of our major government officials have made this a huge issue. You have scientists, and I'm using scientists with a small s on some parts and scientists with a capital S on others. We're going to look at some of the scientific evidence as to what's really taking place and why it's taking place. But most importantly, we want to look at this from a biblical perspective. What how does the Bible fit into this? And folks, it really fits into this. All right, let's go through a couple of basic verses. We're going to set the tone as to what's taking place. And then I'll tell you a teeny little story uh, that happened to me a few months back, and that's why I'm really pushing these things. Genesis chapter 3. Okay, Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1, we have the creation of the world. Genesis chapter 2, we basically have the special effects of creation. Genesis chapter 3, just two chapters after Adam and Eve are created, what happens? Satan has rebelled. He's coming after Adam and Eve. Genesis 3, 1, now the serpent... Satan, we're talking about, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Eve, has God indeed said? Folks, when we're going through this, I want us to keep in the back of our minds through this entire presentation. Satan is a lying deceiver. And Satan will do anything he can along with his demonic forces to mess with people's minds, to guard against people understanding God's truth. That's going to become very evident in a few moments as we go through this. Genesis 3.13, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I gobbled it up. Folks, there's a lot of deception going on in the world today. And it's good that we, it's, it's kind of a, if, if you will, and I'll admit to this, it's a weird subject to bring up in church, right? But it's a biblical subject, it's an important subject, and we're going to see how God is going to do some things that actually have a global warming effect. 
Ah, don't walk out. You'll miss it. Okay. A couple more verses. John chapter 8, verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech, Jesus said? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do, he was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. Colossians chapter 2. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you. Deception. When you go through Scripture, one of the biggest things when we're talking about Satan is his deceptive work. It's taking place now, and it's going to take place all the way through uh, the tribulation period and so forth. That's his job. He's a deceiver, and they use very persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. One or two more here. One, this will be the last one. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus. Didn't we just talk about that first service, right? Jesus Christ come and take his church home. Here's a problem that the Thessalonians had. And by the way, it's a problem that many folks that believe in what's called the mid-tribulation position, they get the same confusion that Paul is addressing in this passage. Now, brethren, Christians, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed. The son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember when we talked about that third temple being built in the first service? Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 says, After three and a half years, who's going to sit in the temple? Antichrist. Kicks the Jewish people out, takes over. But what's the big issue? Deception. Here's the story. Several, about six, seven months ago, I was preaching in a church in Winona Lake, Indiana. A lady and her husband took Valerie and I out for lunch. Really nice. It was on the lake. Pretty. She started to talk to me and she said, you know, we started talking about climate change. And she made this statement, which is really what got me into doing, and I've got a whole series now that I've done on current events, which started a couple months ago. And she made this statement to me, you know, Rich, Satan uses whatever is happening to deceive God's people. I'm like, okay. And then she tied it into climate change. And she's like, you know, there's things that God says are going to take place in the future, and we're going to look at them at the end of the message today. There's things that God says are going to be taking place and climate change is the satanic deception to draw people away from seeing what God is really doing. And that got my attention. And I'm starting to think through this and it's like, wow. And we started to list some of the things that Satan is doing right this minute to try and discount what God is going to be doing. That's why we got to study a little prophecy here and there. You're going to see things that I'm going to show you today from those that are not Christians that mimic, and I mean mimic, the things that are going to be taking place during that seven-year tribulation period. It's astounding. 
I was talking with someone last night. We were talking about this issue of, I mean, the UFOs are starting to pop up again. Concept, conceptually at least. Did did we talk about the rapture this morning when we're out of here? Wouldn't it be, and, and to most of us, we're like, it's so stupid, it's so crazy. But what's going to happen when all of us disappear at one time? Well, the aliens must have come down and taken that group of people. And you know what? People are going to buy it hook, line, and sinker, as ridiculous as it is. Same thing is happening with climate change, folks. Now, we're going to look at some things. And again, please try to keep an open mind as we look at this, because we're going to look at uh, the side that is dead set on this earth is going to be destroyed by fire in 10 years, 12 years or so. Then we'll look at the other side. So uh, try to understand what the uh, opposition to most of us is. And again, I'm assuming most of you aren't buying into the world's going to end in 10 years. If you know the prophetic calendar, you know that's impossible. All right, so we basically, the awakening of climate change is all about deception. Number two, the alarming current climate trends. So let's take a look at position number one. Again, please try to be open as we go through this. I don't want anybody getting up and punching me, okay? <laughs> and not you. Yeah, it is, but not really. All right. <laughs> Just stick with us, okay? Trying to, again, we're trying to learn from this, see what both sides are saying. Fossil fuel is the big number one issue with these individuals that are very concerned about climate control. What is a fossil fuel? All right, on the far left, you see, again, our dinosaur and oil in the middle. Kind of hard to pick out, but that's a pile of coal. And on the right, of course, you see uh, gases being emitted into the air by uh, a plant. So what is a fossil fuel? It's a natural fuel, such as coal or gas, formed in the geological past from the remains of living organisms. That is true. Now, Christians, and those of you, and we got a lot of answers in Genesis, folks, here. How old is this earth, according to biblical standard? Approximately 6,000 years old. Those that believe in this fossil fuel issue and how they came about believe that things came about according to this. The fossil record can be viewed either as the progression of life through random chance over 3.5 billion years. That's what most people believe, by the way. You go to most public schools, you go to most college campuses, unless they have the word capital C Christian over the door, and that's what you're going to be taught. God says the heavens and the earth were made in six literal days. Exodus. You say, wait a minute, Exodus? That's Genesis. No, it's Exodus. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. All things God made heaven and earth and all that therein is were made in six literal days. End of story. Well, but Genesis 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and... It does. And you know what people are doing? Between Genesis 1 and 2, they put a big giant gap in millions and billions of years. But they never went to Exodus and read chapter 20, verse 11. That says, no, six days, folks. There's no gap. There's no excess. There's no millions and billions of years. Six literal days of creation. So, where do these fossils come from? How do you get all this plant life and dinosaur life and all these things that have been squished down and turned into fuel? Or as the remnants of a global flood which happened about 4,300 years ago. 
If you go to the internet, and again, I can't go through everything in 20 minutes. If you go to the internet, you can go online, you can see how you can... Scientists are making fossil fuels in the laboratory, folks. It doesn't take that long. It's not that hard. It's being done. Oops. I want to shut myself down again. All right, a couple of, temp- of uh, charts. These, again, are from, if you will, those that hold to the earth as being destroyed. Temperature change in the last 50 years, so from uh, uh, 2014 to 2018 average versus 1951 to 1980 baseline. You'll see down at the bottom there's some blue, which means it actually got a little bit cooler in those areas. And by the way, this is not from Answers in Genesis. This is the opposition saying the earth is being destroyed. Up at the top, the degrees have changed in the last 50 years up to 2 degrees centigrade in the middle. Uh, You're looking at about a 1 degree. It's actually about a 1.4 to 1.6 degree change in most parts of the earth. Did you hear what I just said? There is. We cannot deny scientific fact. That is a scientific fact. The earth has increased temperature by about 1.5 degrees. Did anybody walk through the snow today or the ice? I could use a 1.5 degree temperature raise right now, right? 1.5 degrees is not going to kill you. But the alarmists are saying if we keep up at this rate, we're all going to die. The earth's going to burn up. Surface air temperature change from 1971-2000 average versus what they believe will happen in 2050. So the alarmists are saying we're going to have a minimum of a 3 degree all the way up to a 20 degree increase in temperature on this earth. Folks, that is not a scientific fact. That is a prognostication. Global warming predictions 2070 to 2100. This again is from opposition people who believe that the earth is going to be destroyed. So we're looking, I mean it's 2020, that's 50 years into the future, looking all the way up to 2100. And they're looking again up in, on, on the, uh, the earth's surface, except for the seas, that there will be upwards of a 7 degree increase in temperature. And they claim that that will be catastrophic. Well, first of all, we're going to see that that probability of that happening scientifically is minimal. The way these individuals are doing this, they are doing scientific, I'm sorry, small s, they're doing experiments. How many of you have ever taken chemistry, physics, all that type of wonderful stuff, right? When you go to school, we've got a bunch of good-looking guys over here that are in school, right? They all agreed they're good looking. (laughs) Do you have to have some kind of control when you do an experiment? Do you have to have a confined environment? So let me see, how, how can we do this? So we're going to test the effects of climate. And what we're going to do, because we believe that carbon dioxide, CO2, is the main culprit, we're going to have an experiment. We're not going to change anything, but we're going to increase the CO2 in the experiment. So we're going to double the CO2. Folks, I'm telling you what they did. So they increase an element that should be controlled, doubling it. And guess what happens? (laughs) It goes off the charts. It's not a controlled environment. It's not a natural effect. They don't take in all the other circum- things, and we're going to show you a list of about 30 things in a moment, that all are involved in this. 
You can't do that. Oh, wait a minute. And I didn't put this up here, but I have a picture off the internet. I mean, you can get anything you want there, right? Uh, the climate people are saying, you know, if you take a snail and you keep raising the temperature, that it will dissolve the snail's shell and it will kill it. You know how they proved it? In the experiment? And again, I'm not picking on people. This is how they actually did it. They took hydrochloric acid and put it on the shell because it will accelerate the heating experience. Oh, yeah, it's going to accelerate it. It's an accelerant. It's, of course it's going to chew up the shell. That's not scientific evidence. It's, quite frankly, excuse me, nonsense. 1998 to 2008, the mean temperatures versus 1940 to 1980. Has there been a change in up to a 2 degree centigrade in that time period? Agreed. It has happened. Here's one, and you talk about using inflammatory language to prove a point. Read this. Oceans are warming at the same rate as if five Hiroshima bombs were dropped in every second. Now, folks, do you know how much water there is in the ocean? Here's how much. You ready? A lot. <laughs> you drop a bomb in the ocean every whatever. Here's, here's the conclusion. Le Jing Chang, the paper's lead author and an associate professor at the International Center for Climate and Environmental Sciences at the Chinese Academy of Sciences. Are you ready now? This is scary. Said the ocean temperature was 0.075 degrees Celsius above the 1981 to 2010 average in 2019. Oh my goodness! It's almost one degree warmer. Folks, you want to take a walk out to Lake Michigan right now and walk on it? Well, probably not today. Folks, temperatures change. They get hotter, they get colder. Well, the averages is, yep. Come on, folks. If you think you're going to die in 10 years because the sea rose less than one degree Celsius, a fraction of it, I mean, common sense tells you it's ridiculous. But common sense is not common. Forgive the individual. Again, we're looking at the secular issues right now. We'll get to the Christian in a moment. But John Stossel happens to be a conservative on this issue, and he made a few observations. Most of you have seen him on the news. And he reports this, and this is from an individual, a girl, an activist named Greta Thunberg, who many of you have seen on television. She's a young little lady that is telling us this. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood, insisted teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg at the United Nations. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. Time Magazine made this young lady the person of whatever. She just got a big award from Time Magazine because she stood up to the awful evil governments and stated the truth and got in their face. I believe, <laughs> I won't say what the president said about it, but if you watch the Twitter on him, he's like, you know, go back to school and settle down, young lady. You may like or dislike the president, that's not the issue, but I got to agree with him on that one. We have 12 years to act, says Joe Biden. Again, I know he's running for president. 
nothing about, I'm not trying to get into politics, but Joe Biden is one who believes in, we better get busy or we're going to lose the planet. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change, adds Representative, Federal Representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. 12 years. That's the new slogan. Folks, this is in Washington. I mean, we're sitting here like, this is just all such gibberish. And in a sense, it is. But folks, this is the deception that's being set up. It's real. Uh, another one, we at the Heartland Institute event, I moderated climatologist Pat Michaels put the 12-year climate perspective by saying, I like this, it's warmed up around 1 degree Celsius since 1900 and life expectancy doubled in the industrialized democ or, uh, uh, democracies. Okay, I like that. Let's keep warming it up. Apparently it works good. A couple more and we'll get to the next section because I'll run out of time. Opinion columnist John Stossel distorts reality, so they're knocking him down. Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg takes part in a school strike demonstration far at Friday, May 31st, 2019 in Vienna, Austria. It just, you know, it just goes on and on and on, and we just can't spend time on it. Job one for humanity, one that is touting the world is ready to explode in heat. Special note, the global warming deadlines and tipping points disclosed below will not only affect humanity's extinction possibilities, they also present an extinction threat to many animal and biological species. Again, these are liberals. They're not Christians. They believe we are going to be extinct, that all animal life will be extinct if changes aren't immediately made. A few more the job one for humanity story in the latest global warming facts. Most individuals who use this website have come to the conclusion that unless we make a painful global fossil fuel use reduction by 2025, humanity is well on its way toward extinction within their lifetimes. Well, let's see, it's 2020. That's like five years, right? Or 2025. Yeah, five whole years. All right. I wish I could have that slide out there, everybody. Because this is what they're saying is going to happen. Now, folks, again, I'm getting low on time here. I'm going to read through. You can't see that up there, most of you. I want to go through some of these things. We don't have time, but if we went through Revelation chapter 6, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 11, chapter 16, the majority of things they put on this list are what God says are going to happen during the seven-year tribulation period. Conflict and war, Revelation 6, 3 and 4, right on the top, 8. Increased water vapor, not prophesied. Rising sea levels. There's going to be horrific earthquakes that will be taking place. Yeah, the seas are going to change. Financial loss and collapse. Revelation uh, chapter 6 again talks about the horrific famines and the financial collapse that will take place in the world. Animal attacks, tsunamis. Folks, what happened when you have earthquakes that God prophesied are going to take place? It's global warming. No, folks, it won't be global warming. It'll be God's wrath coming on across the earth, Revelation 6. Increased volcanic activity. Well, right there again, Revelation 6, Revelation 16. Toxic air pollution. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Increased heat. <laughs> I'll give you those verses in a minute. Droughts, less food. Remember the four horses of the apocalypse, Revelation chapter 6, there'll be tremendous drought, there'll be tremendous food shortage. People will be killing one another just to get a bite of food. 
One-fourth of the earth's population will die in the first three and a half years of the tribulation, Revelation 6.8. Another one-third of the earth's population will die, Revelation 6. Uh, I'm sorry, Revelation 9 and verse 18. That's 50% of the earth's population matches right up with global warming predictions. But it has nothing to do with global warming. Satan's deception. Folks, this is happening. It is going to happen after, again, that's why I really like the pre-trib rapture of the church. I don't want to live through this. It's coming. All right, I got to move on. CO2 levels are rising. That's what's killing our world. CO2 is in the air. I watched an interview with a EPA president, the head of the EPA. One of the representatives in Congress asked the person this, who happens to not believe in global warming. He asked the head, the director of the EPA, what is the percentage of carbon dioxide in the air today? Here was her answer. Uh, I don't have that information. And he said, wait a minute. Do you want to bring all this legislation before us of things we need to change, things we need to do, and you as the head of the EPA cannot tell me what the CO2 level is, the alleged substance that's destroying our earth and causing the greenhouse effect. Well, there's 10.2.577 parts per million. He's like, you don't know, do you? She didn't. So what's the big issue? Global warming is basically creating what's known as the greenhouse effect. The contention is that CO2 levels have been significantly increased. Well, folks, they haven't been significantly increased. Al Gore's book, Earth in the Balance. Don't have time to talk about it, but that's certainly one that got a lot of attention. All right, last one, and then we will switch sides. National Geographic stated this. The climate is certainly changing, but what is causing this change? And how does the rising temperature affect the environment and our lives? Evidence of rising temperatures is pervasive and striking. Thermometer records kept over the past century and a half show Earth's average temperature has risen more than one degree Fahrenheit and about twice that in parts of the Arctic. Oh my, one degree. Let's go bury ourselves in a... Folks, do you see the ludicrous statements? All right, let's get down to the second part. Hurricanes are being blamed on global warming, like Harvey and Irma. The Houston flooding was due to the hurricane being slow moving and the fact that Houston is easily flooded. This is support, this is from Answers in Genesis. This is supported by statements from atmospheric scientists. The hurricanes that are happening are nowhere near as severe as they were in the past, believe it or not. We'll show you the chart in a minute. Dr. Neil Frank knows hurricanes better than anyone else. He was a meteorologist at the National Hurricane Center in Florida for 25 years and its director from Frank points out many of the previous disaster devastating hurricanes for Florida and the Gulf Coast beginning in 1886 when a record number of seven major hurricanes struck the United States. Folks, it slaps global warming in the face. 1886, it was much worse than it is in the 1900s and in the 2020s. Had a worst Galveston uh, hurricane hit in Texas, killing 6,000 people in 19. 19- We could just keep going through these, but we don't have time to. Global warming has been slight. Answers in Genesis. Global warming is a fact. 
It is. It is supported by warmer temperatures recorded over most of the globe. The shrinkage of practically all mountain glaciers and the decrease in sea ice on the Arctic Ocean since about 1980. Catch this. However, it is important to note the amount of warming has been slight, officially about 1.6 degrees, which causes catastrophic changes in the Arctic effect. Uh, We're going to have to go. All right, so let's go back to this picture. Yes, there has been warming. Yes, it has affected glaciers. Yes, there's two times more damage that's done on glaciers with a slight range than pretty much anywhere else. It is documented. It is a fact. By the way, how many of you need a glacier to support life? Nobody. Another one. On the left, you see a glacier as it existed in the past 50 years, whatever it is. The glacier's almost disappeared, and it's nothing but ice chunks now in water. It's true. This slight global warming has had no detectable effect on any severe weather phenomena. Documented. Statistics show there has been no change in hurricane landfalls, droughts, floods, tornadoes, severe thunderstorms, east coast winter storms, heat waves, or cold spells. Documented. Uh, Climate simulations, we went through that. Basically, it's a matter of people dumping carbon dioxide in their experiments. I've been more conservative, again, answers in Genesis, by estimating about half the global warming is due to natural process. Half, that means about 50% of the fossil fuels that we're burning creates the other half. So about 0.75 degrees is due to human global warming. The other half is just natural effects, mainly from... Um, water vapor and so forth. So what's the contention? The earth of course is on the right. The white is the alleged thing that's causing the greenhouse effect. The sun comes down. It hits the earth. Supposedly these gases are trapping some of the heat. It's true. It does trap some of the heat. Some of the fossil fuels and so forth are being trapped and causing the temperature rise. Very probable. And we don't contest that. But it's slight. Carbon dioxide, which is the one that we're being blamed on, is approximately responsible for 2 to 10% of the raise in the temperature of the greenhouse effect. Everything else is from water vapors and other things that are natural. So it's a very, very small percentage that uh, scientists with a capital S are coming up with. I do agree with this, and we should all. AIG, the Bible says we are to be stewards of God's creation. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. Do I believe as a Christian that we should maintain healthy bodies? Yes. Do I as a Christian believe that we should honor God's earth that he gave us to live on? Yes. Do I believe if there's things that need to change and uh, we can make the environment better that they should be done? Why not? Makes sense. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not unbiblical. In fact, it's a biblical concept. All right, very quickly, numbers, number per day of daily record hottest days. Where's the hottest days? Back in the mid or early 1900s over here. Here we are way over here. Have we had some spikes? Yeah. We had some lows? Yeah. Folks, climate is cyclical, but we only live 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. We don't care about what happened 100 years ago. We don't care about what's going to happen in the next 100 years. But folks, it's not going to change. Uh, we're going to skip all this. All it does is flatline showing that. Here's, I did say I'd show you this. What is climate? Here's all the things you have to take into account when you're studying climate. We'll do this slide, then we'll go to the Bible and go eat. What area of expertise is required to master it? Climate change and understand it. Are you ready? And I can't even pronounce half the words. An understanding of climate requires an al- amalgamation of astronomy, solar physics, geology, geochronology, geochron- geochemistry, sedimentology, tectonics, paleontology, pale- 
Ecology, uh, I don't know what that is, glaciology, climatology, meteorology, oceanography, ecology, archaeology, and history. That's all you need to know if you want to get it right, okay? All right, so let's get to the Bible and we'll go eat. Revelation chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. Folks, this is not speculative. This is not bringing out something sensationalizes. This is what Scripture says is going to take place. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and power was given to him to what? Scorch men with fire. This is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. If the rapture happens today, that's why we talked about the rapture, because it fits into all of this. After the rapture of the church, the seven-year tribulation is going to kick in. Revelation 16 is right at the end of the seven years, right before Jesus Christ returns. One of the uh, seven bull judgments, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven uh, uh, bulls, God's going to heat the place up, folks, and he's going to scorch people with fire in his wrath. It's coming. It's no joke. You know, Greta may be onto something. If the rapture happens today, they got less than seven years before this happens. And folks, people will die. I already told you two judgments. Revelation 6, 8, 9, 18 tells us a half of the earth's population. Half of 7.3 billion people will die just in those two judgments. People will be scorched with fire. They're going to die. A lot of people are going to die. And men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed the name of God. Satan says... This is global warming. God has nothing to do with it. Who needs God? And they will blaspheme God. They won't repent and turn their lives over to him, realizing this is the wrath of God, because Satan will be doing what he's planting his seeds right now to disrupt God's prophetic calendar, to make some kind of phony baloney uh, a way to answer what God is actually going to do in wrath. Are you getting that? It's like, wow, that guy is slippery. He's got it all planned out. Global warming is part of the deal. All those things I've read off that list, they're all things that are going to happen during that tribulation, and Satan's already got the answer for it. People are going to blame it on global warming or whatever else they come up with in the next until we're out of here. It's crazy. So you've got the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments. All these things are coming in that seven-year period. Let's read another one. Three verses and we're done. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, this is literal, folks, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Folks, that is a biblical reality. When's it going to happen? Not during the tribulation. That's seven years. How long is Jesus Christ going to come and rule and reign on the earth? 1,000 years. Revelation 20, 1 to 7, six times in seven verses. God says he's going to be reigning here for 1,000 years. So after the 1,007 years, plus whatever time we have left in the rapture, add that on to it, this is going to happen. The heavens and the earth are going to be burned up with fervent heat. And, verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for what? New heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. You say, well, that's one proof text. Have you got anything else? 
Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17, For behold, I create, God says, new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Oh yeah, there's going to be a serious global warming to the extent that God burns it all up. But it's not global warming. It is God's wrath on this earth, burning it up. Why? Because this old earth is sin sick. And God will not tolerate sin in his eternal kingdom. One more, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For what? The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no more sea. Folks, you see what you see what's going on here? It's a battle. Old Satan is setting the seed to deceive everyone he can. This is just one of many, many things that Satan is going to do in these last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3, first five verses, perilous times will come. I think we're there. What do we do with this? Folks, climate change, yeah, there's some truth to what's going on. There is some scientific proof. But what's really going on? People at Union Grove Baptist Church, people at other fundamental Bible-believing churches, they're just a bunch of nuts. They don't know what they're talking about. They go to this Bible thing and try and come up with a God thing that answers these questions when we know what the truth is. The truth is the world's coming to an end because we've destroyed it with CO2 gases in the air. And me and you are going... Well, how can they be so blind? How can they not get this? That's why we study prophecy. That's why we get deep in the Word. We got deep this morning, right? Deep. Because there's so much there. There's so much proof of what is happening and what's going to happen. And that is 50% of what I wanted to give. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for these dear people that have listened to this. Very, very important material. And Father, I pray that as you've taught us to do, that we should always, always be ready to give an answer to every person for the hope that is in us. Father, if Satan's going to use this as a distraction with climate change, help us to know how to answer it. Use maybe some things we've learned and other things we'll study. No matter what it is, Lord, help us to keep giving the gospel day and night, night and day, showing people that there only is one truth, and that comes through the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Father, thank you for this morning that we've had together. Uh, I'll pray that uh, uh, simply you'll give us a great time of fellowship as we uh, sit around and uh, enjoy some uh, meals together. I pray that you'd bless our time and that you make our, our friendship strong. And then, Father, bless the, the business meeting to come with those who will be here. So, Father, thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you've taught us. And all God's people said...